This morning, I want to talk about just that, a heart that's opened by God. We find in this text that God's doing a lot of opening. He opens Paul's heart for a whole new area. He opens up Lydia's heart to hear the gospel for the very first time. And he opens up the heart of a church that is born there in Philippi. So Paul, we'll start with him. Paul's heart was open to a whole new people. This vision that he has of this man from Macedonia is not identified to any particular man, but the message is clear. God is sending Paul to Macedonia. Now, Greece, if that kind of helps your own geography. So Paul has been trying to get into Asia, but God keeps closing the door there. And so with this invitation now to go into Greece, he's, he's excited to go and he goes immediately. And he's called to this first European city, the city of Philippi. Now, Paul has this tendency of targeting major metropolitan areas because what's taught in the city then kind of gets disseminated out into the rural areas after. And so wanting to make the biggest impact as possible, he goes into the hearts of the cities where there's lots of traveling and commerce and people moving here and there that will take that message to new places. If you can change the cities, you change the whole region. Cities were the hub of life. Now, Philippi, even though it's in Greece, is a part of the Roman Empire, and it's a Roman colony. It's populated by a lot of retired Roman soldiers. So it's a very, very Roman town, even though it's far, far away from Italy. It uh, was in, regarded entirely as a Roman city. Just a few Gentile, uh, excuse me, a few Jews were present, but it was mostly, mostly Roman soldiers and their families who retired. So a very, very different culture than Paul is used to. Now, we have Lydia. Lydia, is her heart is opened up to this whole new message. We learn a few interesting things about Lydia. She's a seller of purple, which puts her in this classification of a highly successful businesswoman. Purple was a luxury color. The color was really hard to produce. It took a lot of time. Um, so her clientele would be kind of the upper crust of the community. Luke combines this purple seller of Thyatira. So these purple dyes are obtained from a small little drop in a shellfish that was just off the coast of Thyatira that produced the Sorry, brightest... Did you say that again? No. My apologies. I couldn't hear what you said. Just stop listening to me. Sorry about that. That is so confusing. Your sermon is that good. <laughs> so purple. Oh, I said shellfish, and that probably, Siri, I don't know, maybe. Anyways, shellfish, uh, there's a tiny little drop of this purple hue in the throat of the shellfish, and uh, it's, it's really difficult to get to, and just such a small amount for each shellfish, and so they're, they're, it's incredibly expensive. Now, the Romans, in their togas, right, they have these white togas, but the hem is purple. And the more purple you have, the richer you are. Many officials in their state robes and emperors in their courts would purchase this purple. The purple from Thyatira being the best, the brightest, and the longest lasting. But Lydia is also described as being a God-fearer, a worshiper of God. Now, this is, a, this is a term that's not used very often by Luke as he's writing in the book of Acts. But he uses it a couple times. To describe somebody who is from a 
a religion background that they've just lost heart with. And so we have Lydia who's coming from this Roman mythology, all of these different pantheons of gods, and she's just been left empty by them. Now somewhere, somewhere along the line, someone introduced her to the God of, of the Old Testament, and she fell in love with him. She fell in love with the accounts of Abraham and Isaac and, and David and Saul and, and all of these giants of the faith, and she fell in love with this God of the Old Testament. So she met with Jewish women every Sabbath because there's not a synagogue in Philippi. They met down by the river in a quiet place, a little ways out of town, and they would talk about this God of the Old Testament. And it called to her, and she loved this God. And then Paul arrives, and he starts speaking this message of the gospel. And I love this phrase, the Holy Spirit opens her heart. And she can hear, and she's ready, and she's receptive. And Paul's message is, is something along the lines of this. This God of the Old Testament that you've, that you've fallen in love with, let me tell you about this man named Jesus, who fulfilled absolutely everything that was promised in the Old Testament. This Jesus who is the key to understanding all of Scripture. Let me tell you about this man who was the sacrifice for all of our sin, who who by his death paid the price in full, who by his resurrection gives us the hope and the promise of our own resurrection to come. This Jesus is everything that you've been preparing for. He's the answer to everything. And her heart is just melted by this. To know that this, is a, this Jesus is the meaning, is the key to everything. And she falls in love with that idea. And then she's baptized, and then her whole household is baptized. So that when we believe in him, the curse that we deserve is transferred from us to Christ. And the blessing that he has of life is transferred to us. So Paul's, his mind is, his heart is open to a whole new population Lydia's heart is open to this whole new message, and then we have this newborn church in Philippi, starting in Lydia's home, that is now open to a whole new life. So after she was baptized, and her whole household as well, she urged us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. To prevail upon somebody is to change their mind. If they've been set in one direction, but they've been prevailed against, they change their mind and they do what they weren't planning to do and they stayed with her she and her whole household were baptized these are the founding members now of the church of philippi and then she shows hospitality to share a table with someone is a great and amazing way to dig deeper into your fellowship with one another sharing a meal is a great relationship builder Christian hospitality is, is one of the outstanding virtues of this early church, and Lydia is a first shining example of it. This is the congregation which later is remembered uh, in Scripture by giving to Paul generous gifts to enable his ministry to continue, especially while he was in captivity to Rome, in Rome. Hospitality and generosity are, are the rooting, of the, are the, the foundational characters of this fledgling church in Philippi. 
And God uses those gifts continually through the Philippians to further the message of the gospel. So I want to take just a little bit of time today to apply this to us. Because I believe that God wants to open our hearts to new people. I believe that God wants to open our hearts to a new message. And I believe that God wants to open our hearts to a whole new life. God wants to open our hearts to a whole new people. Are we open to hear the message from the Holy Spirit prompting us to move out into the community? To discover who needs help and assistance and what kind of help would be the most helpful? I think that families need help knowing the promises of God and, and how to live in a, in a biblical worldview, which is the, the biggest blessing that, that parents can give to their children. I think youth need help in navigating the, the increasingly hostile culture with lots of competing messages. Older adults need help adjusting to their changing health conditions and, and the ability to do everything that they used to do. All believers need help in living out that Jesus adventure more and more, experiencing this transforming life of joy, of freedom, of sacrifice and renewal. Unchurched and dechurched people need help finding their way back into a community that can help them build trust and relationships. We are called to serve these people. Are we willing to enter into conversations with new people? With the number of de-churched and under-churched people that are growing in this community, there's any number of places that we can find them. Finding a need and filling that need can be a great open door. Also, my dad was here this past week. I'm just amazed by his ability to talk to just absolutely everybody. Like, he knows everybody. He's never met them, but he knows them. And he's just comfortable talking with perfect strangers. And the way that he does that is not that he's an incredible conversationalist. He's just a great question asker. And he just enters into conversations with people just asking questions. Turns out people really like talking about themselves. And so wherever you're in a dull conversation, ask a question. And then be curious about the answer that they have to give. Just genuinely listen with curiosity. Today, I imagine that those who need a spiritual solution to their souls are often looking for worldly answers. But if we are better listeners, then we can hear where their pains really are. We can be begin by just listening to the members of our own family better. To be in relationships with our neighbors just across the street or over the fence. To hear where they are and where they're hurting and what their needs are. And sometimes in these conversations, when we've built a relationship with them and we care more about them and we, need, and we hear more about what their needs and their hurts are, in the context of that relationship is the perfect time to talk about Jesus, about he is the key to everything. He is the answer that people have been waiting for, even if they don't even know it yet. And then we need our hearts to be open to this new message. Right? Our culture, I think, is becoming more and more like the Roman culture. Idolatry is rampant. Right? Everyone is doing what's right in their own eyes. Now, we don't have on 426 like the pantheon and the ability to go worship other idols, but we make plenty of idols all on our own. Our, our human hearts are just idol-making factories. And the things that we spend our time and our energy and our passion doing that pull us away from God. 
Anything that we chase that is short of God, we will chase and always be left wanting more. Because only God can satisfy that God-sized hole in our hearts. It feels to me like this idolatry in our culture and our society is, and this personal autonomy that we desire is spiraling faster and faster. And, and maybe it's always been like this, but it feels like humanity is just hell-bent on rejecting God. Now, I'm not saying that we need to enter into conversations of debate and argument. That's, that's not what I'm getting at, but to share a message of love in words and in our actions, to share the gospel in, in fresh ways, right? to be able to say that to, to, to follow Jesus does not mean that you have an easy life. If God is pleased with you, he doesn't remove all the pain and obstacles in your path. But it is a life that's rich in peace and joy, regardless of the circumstances in which you find yourselves. That we have a God of compassion, of mercy, a God who desire, desires to seek and save the lost, a God of healing and transformation, a God of renewal. And I pray that God would open up our hearts to encounter a whole new life. A life that finds our identity in Christ. Not in our vocation or our jobs. Not in our accomplishments or failures. But our identity that's solidly locked into being a child of God. Our identity in Christ. To let our hearts be opened by him. The Lord opens the hearts and, and the hand that, that lifts the the latch and draws the door is the word of God, which he, he makes us hear. Now, now, none of us, here's the trick, none of us can, have, can be responsible for opening our heart. None of us have the tools necessary to open our heart to hear God. That is only done by the Holy Spirit. But what we can do is throw the latch on the door and lock it. We can not want to hear it. Well, maybe today is the day where some of you just open the latch and unlock it, to throw the bolt open and watch the Holy Spirit and invite the Holy Spirit to open the door of your heart open to him, to a new life that he's calling you to, a life that seeks to find rest in Christ, right? To be able to, to decompress and let go and just find that absolute freedom in worship. That if we're not growing and experiencing this life-changing power of the gospel, it may be that we've said yes to too many things. How busy are you? And not needing to find this time of, of joy that we have in, in resting with God. Some, our own personal Sabbath time. Maybe down by the river like Lydia. Maybe in your closet at home where you just spend time in prayer. Maybe with others in a space like this where we worship God. But to have that regular rhythm of rest with him. On a parenting level, I see many families saying yes to so many activities that there's often little time for nurturing their faith. It strikes me as a huge problem. I, I think that the enemy would absolutely love for us to be busy. Even busy doing lots of good things. Because when you're busy doing lots of good things, you can seldom have time to do something great. So God created us with this need to find rest in him. To take time every day to pause, to breathe in the word of God. And to experience the freedom that comes with knowing that you've been set free. 
It's a calling us to this life also of being able to, to sacrifice. That this Christian walk is not just one where we receive, 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 but as quickly as God gives, we're, we're invited to, to pour out to others who are in need. To families that are hurting, to individuals that are lost, to sacrifice for the kingdom of God. And in my favorite, he wants to open up our hearts to this whole new life of renewal, of transformation, of grace, of forgiveness. He wants, he wants to open up your heart to be able to forgive that person that you've been holding forgiveness from. To know the joy that comes in letting go of somebody else's guilt. He wants you to open up your heart to experience his grace, fresh and new every morning. To know that you are a loved, forgiven son or daughter of God. And he wants your hearts to be open to encounter the changes that God wants to make in your life. Let God open your heart today. You have to do nothing except for just don't throw the lock. Don't lock the gate. Let him open it. Let him flood into your heart today. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we pray that you would open up the eyes of our heart to see you, to know you, to grow in our grace that you've given to us. God, I pray that you crack through the hard hearts, that you would draw near to the bruised hearts, that you would open all of our hearts to, to new people, to share this life-giving message of the gospel, to open up our hearts to a whole new way of life. We pray this in Jesus' powerful and holy name. Amen.